Stone gets the puck after the drop. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Amadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, hanging out inside T-Mobile Arena, getting ready for game number five between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets. And Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... whole bunch to get to regarding this Game 5 of the Western Conference First Round Series at T-Mobile Arena. The home team success or lack thereof so far in the series, special teams as well as where the Vegas Golden Knights have been able to find the net uh, through the first four games, and they've been able to find the net a lot, but the location is very interesting regarding the trends. But before we get inside the building and onto the ice, just want to tell everybody, uh, I've experienced it. I know firsthand what traffic is like coming into the rink. Come early if you have the option. There's about a one block section right under the Tropicana Bridge where Frank Sinatra is down to one lane going each way. It gets pinched there. It's causing a bit of a backup. Uh, That was early this afternoon when I swung by, so it will increase in its impact as we get close to the game time. Uh, Face-off just after 7 o'clock. If you can possibly do it, uh, come early. Enjoy the festivities in the plaza. I was out there. The Lotus family is having a big uh, presence uh, and having some fun. We've got the tattoos going, an opportunity to uh, enjoy a beverage, uh, great sunshine, uh, all kinds of stuff that you can do uh, in and around the strip. So take advantage of it if you can. And then after the game, probably do the same thing. Like mm-hmm. just uh, just hang out. Uh, take go, go grab a, a, a beverage and uh, uh, soak in uh, our post-game show on the TV side because yeah. hopefully we're talking about a series-clinching victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. Sixth time that Vegas has entered a game five up three games to one. Sixth <laughs> time. They've won four of the five, yeah. which is great. Mm-hmm. However... On the last two occasions, they've been pushed to a seventh game. Sure. So in, in one way, uh, there's a great positive influence to the situation that Vegas is in going into tonight. The other part shows you how important putting the opposition away to give yourself some added rest. Yeah, it's incredibly important, and, and that's really kind of – The main message, I think, for the Golden Knights going into this game, you learn from the past, you learn from the last couple of opportunities that you've had to kind of close a series out in five games, and you hope that you can kind of take that experience into this game, understanding that the ultimate goal for this team, it's not a couple of rounds. It's a deep, deep playoff run, and the best way to set yourself up for success later on in the playoffs is to close out a series early to start things off. 
Ryan Wallace will have an eye on the pregame warm-up uh, when it occurs uh, this evening, uh, just after 6.30. Face-off, and by the way, if you do get behind, face-off is going to be delayed just a touch because of the national television broadcast. Yeah. So it won't be your standard 7.10 or mm-hmm. 7.08. So you do have a bit of flexibility on that side. Uh, so warm-up won't take place uh, right at 6.30 like we're used to. It'll be slipped back. It'll give you an opportunity to really get dialed in with the binoculars, uh, which we all do have. Uh, for, for, that's, a, that's a thing. Uh, yeah. you, you laugh, uh, but you've yeah. got them. I've got them. Dave Gosher's got them. Yeah. When you're a broadcaster and you need to see that bench uh, and trying to, in some of the places that you're in, in and around the, the professional sports world, you got to be able to zero in. So you will have those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking a look to see what the game time decisions are regarding two players in particular, one from each side, big time veteran players that both clubs would love to have had in the lineup at the start of this series mm-hmm. uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Will carry game time decision practiced with the team yesterday. It was out there again today uh, on an optional morning skate. We'll see whether everything fits in to the trend that he is pointing towards being in the lineup for the first time in this series. And on the other side, Nikolai Ehlers mm-hmm. hasn't played in this series, uh, was limited to half the games this year, but he's a perennial 40 or 20-goal scorer uh, for the Winnipeg Jets over the years, and uh, they could really use him knowing that Mark Shifley has been ruled out uh, of game number five. They won't have Josh Morrissey, so they are uh, in the Winnipeg Jets side of things clinging to any type of uh, uh, positiveness. Uh, having Nikolai Ehlers in the lineup, even though like it's a tough ask, mm-hmm. quite honestly, yeah. to get a guy uh, to, for game five and ask him to be an impact player. They're not asking that of Will Carrier. Uh, should he be able to play? Because he'll be back with Nick Watt and Keegan Colasar uh, in that support role. Uh, but uh, Ehlers hasn't, as far as I know, been medically cleared to play. Uh, that was going to come this afternoon. That's how on the fence Nikolai Ehlers' status is. So uh, they, uh, the warm-up will tell us a lot tonight regarding uh, the potential impact players. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be certainly one that you're going to want to to keep an eye on and and one that we're going to be talking about as we go through our uh, respective pregame shows because if Nick Ehlers is in the lineup for the Winnipeg Jets, uh, as you mentioned, it's a big ask, but you you probably get a bump there. You probably get a, a little bit of a rub if you're Winnipeg going into this. Uh, some good news uh, in terms of the injury front, and for the gold for the Golden Knights, like if you if you can insert 16 goal on the cusp of 20, if not for an injury, will Carrier back into your lineup to play alongside two players he's been incredibly familiar with and very good with, Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar then all of a sudden you just look at the Golden Knights, it's an embarrassment of riches. It really is that they've been able to get to this point five games into the postseason where they are as healthy as they've been all year long. Just the fact that Will Carrier is a possibility for tonight yeah. blows my mind, given what I saw back on May 3rd mm-hmm. when he went down against the New Jersey Devils. That looked traumatic, yeah. and it looked like it would be a multi-month rehab into next year i didn't expect him back for any type of i'm not a doctor didn't know the official diagnosis but i've seen enough knee injuries to go uh we won't see him for a while (laughs) it's huge it it gets seven weeks since he uh suffered that lower body injury and the potential to put him back in the lineup uh, and being a guy that uh, had a career year going uh with those 16 goals uh should be uh, a huge he's he's a much 
more impactful player in that locker room mm. than I would say 95% of the fan base would appreciate. Mm -hmm. And that's not a knock on anybody that follows this team because I was the exact same uh, belief uh, in the sense that I didn't believe that he carried Will Carrier that much uh, of a uh, uh, the load from a leadership standpoint. And the more that I've been around uh, mm -hmm. in, in my various uh, roles with the team, I've been incredibly impressed with, one, uh, his uh, maturity mm -hmm. uh, and uh, his place within the dressing room as a, a player, as a voice, uh, his uh, ability to simplify the game, his penchant uh, uh, to influence his teammates, and the other side is just to be able to go out and execute and lead by example. Uh, really uh, an impactful player for that group. But maybe not the loudest guy, but I can tell you from witnessing it just how incredible he is as, as a star that guides them along. He's an original Vegas Golden Knight, and that carries, I think, some weight for sure. And then you look at just kind of the – progressive um, nature of what Will Carrier has been able to do in his career since becoming a Golden Knight. I, I would argue that he has gotten better every single year that he has been here with this team. I, I kind of classify well, him. Well, three straight career years. Exactly. I, I classify him as one of those players that has put in the work to get better, to be a better version of himself in his role. He likes his role. He's comfortable in his role. And he wants to be the best at what it is he does. And that's provide depth scoring. That's put yourself in a position to be impactful down the lineup. And this year, it's all clicked for him um, individually. And the, the numbers back it up. And, and it's not necessarily... Um, hard to root for the guy. He just goes out there and does his job and does it very well. Well, he, he transitioned from his role. Depth scoring was not a part of his game when he was injured. Mm. That wasn't under, under his umbrella. He was not a depth guy anymore. He was a front-line player. Mm -hmm. He'd moved up the lineup, and, and he'd exited that role, uh, which is uh, incredible. When, when Will Carey, in the last half the the, the season was part of the the leaders, the expected goal scorers, the expected producers of this of this team. He was playing in three on three overtime. Uh, he was drew a penalty shot in three on three overtime. That was a new uh, experience for his game set and where he was penciled in the lineup. So uh, he will return tonight in a depth role, playing on that energy line with Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar. Uh, they, and that line has played very few games together this year. They yeah. know each other very well. They know it's expected of them, but they played uh, very few games together. But uh, but he, he does have that potential to play higher in the lineup when the need is there. It's a, it's a rare, very rare experience for the Golden Knights tonight. Every skater mm -hmm. is healthy. Yeah. There's not a skater unavailable tonight because of any type of ailment or uh, personal issue. Mm -hmm. And that hasn't been the case the entire season going back to training camp when every player was available for that night's game. And it's going to force uh, a couple of difficult decisions, challenging decisions. But Carrier, maybe two years ago, mm -hmm. wouldn't have been a lock to come in. Sure, yeah. Four years ago, wouldn't have been a lock to come in. 
16 goals and playing up in the lineup when he got hurt requires him to go back in as soon as he's available. And if he's healthy yeah. and, and is cleared and uh, there's no setbacks, he will play tonight. I'm of that mindset too. I, I think if you've got a healthy Will Carrier and the impact that he has had on this team at various times throughout the year, uh, you put that back in the lineup, you, you, especially when it comes to playoff hockey. Like He is custom-built for this time of year. So with that being said, I, I'm with you. I think if Carrier is ready to go and, and there's no ill effects and he's 100% good, I think he's in the lineup, and then that makes it a very difficult decision for Bruce Cassidy. Uh, in the dressing room today, be prior to uh, the Game 5 uh, lockdown where everybody puts their game face on, had a chance to talk to Zach Whitecloud mm-hmm. uh, about Will Carrier, and he had a couple of really interesting statements. Uh, one was that... Uh, there's an aura around Will Carrier, mm-hmm. a, the aura of a playoff player. Mm-hmm. He just handles himself the right way on the ice when it comes to this time of the year. Will Carrier built for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, not every player wants to chip the puck in. Mm-hmm. Will Carrier not only knows chipping the puck in is the right play, but embraces chipping the puck in, wants to chip the puck in, mm-hmm. has no issue with it. In fact, he wants to do it so everybody else does it, mm-hmm. uh, chips the puck in. So uh, when you hear a, a veteran defenseman, younger veteran defenseman, but still been around a, a few years, Zach Whitecloud, talk about this aura around a fellow teammate, that carries a lot of weight for me. The other part that, that I want to mention, and this is, this is a part of conversations that I've had with Will in around the, the, the complex. And uh, I haven't asked him if I could further this along, but uh, I'll paraphrase, and I, I'm sure that there, there wouldn't be an issue with it. He, he loves, let's say, rebounds. Mm-hmm. Like somebody, somebody shoots, they don't score, there's a rebound there. Some guys are like, ah. Will's like, that's my bread and butter. Sure. I, I want rebounds. Yeah. I, I go after those. And chipping the puck in or playing the game simpler, uh, finishing a, a, a check or making sure that you're in the right area instead of uh, twirling too early and, and getting back in the zone because you might be in a better spot for uh, an offensive chance. He he doubles down on that and, and makes sure that he's all over it and, and has told me, like, that that's how I have to play. It's it's not about scoring on a 25-foot wrist shot. That's my uh, uh, paraphrasing of it. It's about going to the net and knocking home a rebound or getting in the way and causing a disruption in front of the net where somebody else can get the rebound or that 20-foot wrist shot does go in. He truly does embrace all of that and subsequently holds his teammates accountable, whether it's by verbally saying, let's go, we got to do this, or he goes out and does it himself, mm-hmm. and his teammates say, that's the way we got to play because that's effective. Uh, it's, it's a big part of the Vegas Golden Knights having him be able to show them the way in the playoffs where everybody wants to make that play, but sometimes simpler is better, and Will Carrier is a perfectionist when it comes to the simple style of the game. 
that's how you got to score in the playoffs. And, you know, he, he kind of perfects that over the course of 82 games, and it doesn't change for him at all when it comes to the postseason. He is mixing it up right there in front of the net, and, and that's where he's going to do a lot of his damage because everyone likes to make the play, but I, I think you'll want to score a little bit more. And when things get constricted and you're not able to get those those plays made, you got to find some greasy goals. And, and Will Carrier, you look at his year, you look at the 16, he's had some beauties in there, but a lot of them have been right on the doorstep, right in front of the net, finishing off second and third opportunities. There, there, there's been more skilled goals yeah. than I expected. Like When you talked 16 goals at the start of the year for Will Carrier and said, Mallard, describe how these goals would have went in. Mm-hmm. I would have said 11 to 12 would have been three to four feet from the net. Mm-hmm. And either taking the puck hard to the net off the wing with his speed yeah. uh, or jamming, whacking, uh, flipping out uh, in front of the way, net with a, with a power move, uh, rebounds, that kind of thing. There, there's been less of that than I thought there would be in sure. the sense of skill plays, some shots that have gone in, uh, getting behind the defense on, on breakaways and, and one-on-one situations, odd man rushes, uh, and that's rounded out his game. That's been the real growth in his game, which has allowed him to play up the up the lineup. And being able to convert allows him uh, the trust to play with other players. And that, that's another thing. If, if you're going to put somebody with a Jack Eichel or a Mark Stone or a Chandler Stevenson or a Jonathan March, so they better be able to produce. Mm-hmm. And those players who you're putting them with have to accept it or else they're going to be ticked off. The, the old Brett Hull story, st- lining up at a face-off, looking across to Steve Thomas and saying, hey, Stumpy, can you believe who they've got me playing with? Like, outwardly bitching. Not saying that the Golden Knights would, but you want to sell stars uh, on who they're going to play with. Mm-hmm. That is going to benefit them. Everybody embraced playing with Will. Sure. And, and, and loved it because he had elevated his skill set working with Misha Donskov and the skill side of the game and, and doing a lot of the, the extra work and being able to go to the net and cause uh, different uh, uh, types of disruptions. So that part allowed him to play up. Tonight, he returns in a simpler form, which, no disrespect to, uh, to Will, is probably going to be a little bit easier of an adaptation than Mark Stone or when Jack Eichel returned or uh, some of those players on the higher level where you're asking yourself to go out and be an impact and make plays be with your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will can do a lot of things with his feet by putting pressure on the other team and then going to the net and, and being uh, uh, a force in, in front of the net. And I think that's going to uh, speed up his process. I think you, you put him in a, in a position, right, alongside Wa and Kolasar on a fourth line to just go out there and rely on the instincts that he plays the game with naturally. And I think, I think you're right in that you, you're not necessarily looking for him to make fancy plays or, or bring along certain situations. You're asking Will Carrier to just go out and be Will Carrier. And, and I think that if there's one thing we've, we've kind of learned about Will, he knows exactly who he is as a person, as a hockey player. I, I think he's going to be able to get to his game relatively quickly. One of the players that I've enjoyed getting to know the most yeah. And, and that's a list that includes uh, the likes of Nick Waugh or, or Jack Eichel, uh, Mark Stone, uh, been able to peel back the, the onion a little bit there on, on some of uh, his different uh, approaches to the game and nuances. But Will Carrier is just a lot of fun. And I'll, I'll tell you another thing about Will Carrier. Mm. He can chirp. 
<laughs> he can, he can bring it. Like he's got he's not like an in your face guy with that. Mm. It's it's a more intelligent beaking mm-hmm. than I come with. Mm-hmm. I'm just flat out Doesn't in your me. in your yeah. face. Will's got this subtleness yeah. about his chirping that I really do appreciate. I wonder if he, if he'll get Nick Waugh going in the right direction too. Yeah. Nick Waugh's the only forward without a point hmm. through the first four games. And uh, that would be a, a real benefit on, on that front. His lines produced, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, that would be a real benefit uh, for for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, understated, I think, is the word I'd use for Will Carrier. He's he's low-key funny. Uh, it takes a minute to, to really kind of clue in to, to what it is and how how that chirp came out. But uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, understated in a lot of ways like his game has been uh, this year. You, you know he's putting up numbers. You know he's he's been fantastic. And... He's just quietly going about his business and doing his thing. This will sound goofy, but uber competitive too. Yeah. Uber competitive. In, in the in the most like benign situation, <laughs> like a one on one at the end of practice with a goaltender, mm. Logan Thompson, uber competitive, mm. wants to to score those those goals in 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 the shootout uh, at the end of practice, wants to make plays uh, in practice, and loves it like. Get, gets in there and, and really uh, energizes uh, the group. Uh, so game time decision for Will Carrier and Nikolai Ehlers. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, John Shannon, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, will join us. He'll give his uh, weekly shout-out to George McPhee. We'll go down and tell some stories in and around uh, the president of hockey operations with the Vegas Golden Knights. And because John has been working both sides of the series with us, and the Winnipeg Jets, he'll be able to give us a real clear indication of the temperature from a neutral observer of this series, which enters Game 5 and a potential clinching game for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hello, Canada and hockey fans in the United States and here from land. He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon. Hello, Shanny. Dee, how are you? I'm doing great. It's game day here in the desert. Looking forward to game five between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets. So Ryan Wallace alongside in Section 104 at T-Mobile Arena. You have been working both sides of this series and I am curious, from your unbiased perspective, what is the temperature going into this potential decider? Well, I, I think the temperature is, uh, you know, it's not 90 degrees like it is outside in Vegas today, but it's pretty damn close when you consider that uh, I think that there's going to be a real desire and demand to end this series and give uh, give the Golden Knights a a decent rest before they play the winner of Edmonton and the and the Kings. What's been the best part of the Vegas performance, and what do you think has been encouraging in the sense to be able to get Winnipeg back into it? There's both sides of the equation on that. Yeah, I, I well, I have I have a, I don't know whether it's a bias or not, but uh, I, I think I, I think the best part of what's going on for the Golden Knights is what Alex Petrangelo has brought every night. I just you know you you see some pedigree in players and you, you understand why they win things they why they win the Stanley Cup like he did in 2019 and why he became such a a hot commodity as a free agent and, and you you just marvel 
at all the things that he does. And, and, and here's the thing. I don't know him well, but I'm sure he would probably tell you, you know, I haven't played that well yet. I, 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 I can be better. Um, but he also understands the intensity of, of what's going on in a playoff series, particularly a, a first-round playoff series. And, and really, in, in my mind, you know, between he and Kolasar, it was the ones in, the, in game two that kind of grabbed the Golden Knights by the collar and said, boys, we, we, get, we better get back into this. We better be emotionally involved in this series. And, and I, I, just, I, I just can't help but marvel at what he does. On the other side, um, you know, Adam Lowry has, Adam Lowry has been an, uh, a monster for Winnipeg in so many ways, not just scoring the four goals, but the way he plays every part of the ice and, and again, has, has given commitment. And that is something that in the last 30 to 40 games of the season for the Jets, Rick Bonus has been asking every one of his players to do. Uh, Lowry has certainly responded during this playoff series. You know, John, when you look at, obviously, the Golden Knights kind of coming into this one, there were question marks surrounding Jack Eichel. Nobody really knew what his game was going to look like in the playoffs. How do you kind of how do you look at how Jack's game has adapted through his first four games in the postseason? Pretty steep learning curve, Ryan. You know, when you think about it, I think we were all, and I remember talking about it with you guys last week, I was terribly disappointed in that first game for Eichel. Mm-hmm. You know, this was... This was the golden goose. You know, he, the comparisons between he and Connor McDavid go on endlessly, and, and this was the first opportunity on that level playing field of what you were like in the playoffs, and, and he didn't deliver. But that has not been the case since, since then. I, I think he's been spectacular on the power play. He's done a lot more, I think, physically than people realize. Uh, and, he's, and I think he learned from that first first game, as you probably do, is how much commitment you have to give to win the Stanley Cup and how much you have to give in a Stanley Cup playoff game. Uh, and I think it's a real positive that he's, he's been able to up his game and contribute as well as he has for the Golden Knights. Florida and the New York Islanders have shown just how difficult it is to eliminate an opponent, uh, even though you're playing at home. And that's the situation that the Golden Knights are in tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Where is the emphasis for Vegas to put this game away against a wounded opponent? Well, I I think, first of all, I, 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 I mean, no shifley, we know that. Uh, you know the drama every game is is Ealers in or not. We you know that is you know game time decision again, but we know that they're a little banged up. I, I I would suggest that this is one of those nights where the physical play of the Golden Knights, particularly on a couple of defensemen on Neil Pionk and Dylan Demello, I think will put them in a really good stead. Force them to move the puck. Don't be afraid to hit them at any cost. Uh, make them think before they do anything, and I think that that will put the, the the Vegas team in a good stead. You know, when you kind of look at this series coming into it and, and the impact that a Connor Hellebuck can have, uh, you look at the Winnipeg Jets and you've got that ace in the hole, but Hellebuck hasn't necessarily played his best hockey through the first four games. Is it surprising to you that the Golden Knights have been able to find offense consistently against Connor? I don't think Hellebuck has played badly. Uh, I, I think he's been good. He ha- has he been great? 
I'll tell you what, he's been the second best goalie in the series. You know, give his give his uh, his protege, if you want, uh, some credit. Laurent Boissois has done a marvelous job for the Golden Knights. But this is not on Connor Hellebuck, I don't think. This has been on inconsistency of particularly the forward lines for the Jets, who we saw what they could do in Game 1, uh, albeit I don't think the Golden Knights were really engaged in Game 1. But you saw a level of play between Dubois and Connor, Shifley, who's out now, Blake Wheeler, Adam Lowry, uh, and and what's happened is that, that consistency has not existed in any of the games. There's been glimmers for Winnipeg, like the third period in Game 3 where they came back from 4-1, but the reality is that the consistency of play from the Golden Knights has been a much more important factor in this series than the lack of consistency of the Winnipeg Jets. Former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada on two occasions. Nobody's ever done that. It's John <laughs> Shannon, our NHL insider on the VGA Insider Thank you, Thank you for bringing that up. No, it's true. <laughs> like, like you owned it, and then you went back and you owned it again after doing a whole bunch of things, Olympics and everything else. Uh, well, I got in, fired. In you know, wow. that's what happened. You know what? And they realized their mistake. Yeah, I'm waiting to go back a third time, and then you can call me Billy Martin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you a little bit on the Hellebuck thing, while at the same time giving yeah. you props. Uh, Kevin Woodley from Ingoal Mag, uh, IngoalMag.com, and the Ingoal Radio Podcast, uh, the goalie Yoda, uh, was on with me on the Chirp Podcast yesterday, and we went through all the goaltending stories in the National Hockey League and uh, different storylines uh, that uh, revolve around the crease. And he pointed out he had the deep analytic numbers, and he said Connor Hellebuck has been absolutely perfect as far as the chances against him he's stopping he's not over uh, playing himself he's not underachieving uh the, the the stats and same with uh, lauren bersois they're 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 playing up to expectations right now so you're right on the money with that so congratulations uh as astute as you are i would expect nothing else. well However, and you know full well that I spent hours and hours studying the analytics, the of, analytics of goaltending. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of the saved above expectation, blah, 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 blah. Oh, goals but, above expectation. Why yeah. do we play the game then, right? Exactly. But Come he, on. He, you know, we has, can flip a coin and do it at lunch. Let's go. Hellebuck <laughs> has performed right along uh, what uh, has been expected of him based on the stats. However, yeah. in a series like this where you're an eight seed against a one, your goaltender has to be a difference. And Hellebuck, through four games, has not even come close to stealing a game. Nope. And that part, whether it's unfair or realistic, you pick. But it's got to happen. And it hasn't come to fruition yet. Well, and, well and if that's you been rewind the Vegas. tape, if you re- I said he's played good, not great. Yeah. And, and that, re- you know, he, he, has he, he hasn't stolen a game. You're right. He hasn't. I mean, Laurent Brassois stole game two. You know, right. he's, he's with his first, he's, first first period, right? Yeah, in the first period, it could have been four nothing Jack. Yeah. You know, and and that that set the stage for what happened late in the period, and then the last two periods was all was, was all Golden Knights. But that was because Brassois was so good in the first period. Um, in game two, you know, Hellebuck Hellebuck has been good. I mean, the, here's and here's the upside. If you're a Winnipeg fan, 
he has the capability of stealing yes. a game. Mm-hmm. And so if he's going to do it, it, it has to be tonight. As you know, Darren, I do lots of radio in Winnipeg, and, and they, uh, they always ask the same question, who's going to be the best yet on the ice? And, well, it, if, the, if the team's going to win the series, it has to be Connor Hellebuck every night. And it hasn't been Connor Hellebuck. He hasn't been the best player for the team uh, on any of the games. It's either been Dubois in game one, best player for the Jets, Game two, nobody counted because they didn't play very well. Game three was Lowry. Game four was Pionk. You know, so it hasn't been Connor Hellebuck's job yet to, to be the best player on the ice. And if the Jets expect to challenge the Golden Knights, he better be the best player tonight. And on that subject, Vegas has been through many series where they've turned the other goaltender into godlike Vesna Trophy stats. Yeah. Uh, go back to Thatcher Demko or Anton Hudobin uh, o- over the years. And it's been refreshing not to have that storyline revolving around Vegas being able to finish, Ryan. Yeah, it, it absolutely has, and I, I think that's kind of the big thing for me is that the Golden Knights have been able to create offense in different ways. They've been able to do it on the rush. They've been able to do it in zone with, with four-check pressure, and I, I guess that's kind of the thing. Are, are you noticing, John, like kind of an evolution in terms of how the Golden Knights are, are getting their chances so far this go-around in the playoffs? What do you mean by that? Just in general, they, they've been a team that's lived on the rush, that, that has, has gotten a lot of their chances through transition in the neutral zone, two-on-ones, those types of things. And I think now they're really utilizing their forecheck a little bit more to create in-zone offense and more opportunities that way. Yeah, I, 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 you're probably right to an extent, Ryan, though. I, I, I would say, though, that you know when, when the defensemen get the puck to the forwards and move the puck out of the zone it does make the other team cringe still. I mean, I, I still think that that's a strength of this hockey club. But, but you know, this is a team that can grind you down. And, and so that means, yes, they're going to be in the offensive zone. Yes, they are going to be using their, their big bodies on the boards. Um, so there is that effect that you are going to be in front of the net and create some screens and, and create some chaos in there in order to find a rebound and a puck go in the net. But I, I, I still think that it's, you know, getting out of the zone with, with speed that Bruce Cassidy always preaches that has really is still a big factor even now as this team is up 3-1. Here's just some uh, numbers for you. And oh, I love numbers. You would, you would hate me if I was your commentator and you were producing. You'll yeah. be yelling at me right now, but you can't yell oh. at me because you're a guest right now, and uh, and that would be rude of you uh, to do that. So I'm going to go go down this path. Uh, the Golden Knights have scored five goals off transition uh, of the 14, uh, that not into an empty net. So five off transition or the rush, uh, three off broken plays, three off deflections, and three east-west or side-to-side. That is a good array of being able to finish in different ways. Am I supposed to respond? Well, I just wanted to see if you play <laughs> off that at all. Well, I, I think it speaks to what, what we talked about with with this team can grind you any which way. Yeah, and then that and and that that in so many ways is playoff hockey. That's if you if you are a one trick pony in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you will not survive for very long. You may win a series, but you won't get all the way to the final. Um, so the fact that they can do it every which way 
is, in my mind, is a real positive for the hockey club. Here's one more for you. Six of the 14 goals have been high glove on Connor Hellebuck. So start that uh, conversation. Ah, he's got a bad glove hand. Remember Corey Crawford? <laughs> oh, yeah. A uh, couple of years that he won the Stanley Cup? Yeah, bad, bad glove hand. That, you know, he that, can't win the Stanley you know, Cup. Th- things like that speak to too many extra days off. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> you know, and you have, to, you have to create <laughs> stories and discussion. You know, uh, it's... It, 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 you know, you give the give a guy, you know, give a reporter an extra day, a radio guy an extra day, or a podcast. You know, find something to stir the pot with. Well, all these numbers are courtesy of my activity on the plane on the way home from Winnipeg uh, really? to Vegas the other day. I sat there and went through every goal that Vegas scored and charted where they were scoring, how they were scoring, and uh, and where they were scoring from uh, on the ice. Uh, and it kept me busy for a couple of hours, which my seatmate uh, really appreciated. Who is your seatmate? Um, uh, I can't tell you that. It's it's highly confidential because oh. you would use it against me in some in some <laughs> way. What, what, why aren't you on the charter? Yeah, yeah, I was on the charter. Okay, good. Of course, you, you think I'm not going to be on the charter? When would that? Well, no, I worried. I mean, I'm not sure you you would know how to fly commercial anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Actually, I flew up to Winnipeg commercial and and had the Vegas, Seattle, Seattle, Vancouver, Vancouver, Winnipeg. Holy smokes! Yeah, it was, and it was it was actually really good. It was perfect. I enjoyed every minute of it. I sat beside uh, Rusty, the little schnauzer, uh, on one of the legs, and and had a great time. Uh, I, I truly enjoyed being part of the. So, people. so and Vegas, I did it by Seattle, side. Seattle, Vancouver, Vancouver, Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh my God! And was I did it, it, it by myself. Days? I did it by myself, and I love spending the entire day by myself with my favorite person. I, I will. I will tell you. I, I will tell you right now. I love traveling by myself. Yes, it is magical. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You and that's why you and I got along so well uh, when we oh, hung out. Now, Ryan, because... have you heard this story? So, Ryan, here's the deal. Okay. I have this magic card called a Nexus card, which gets you. It's a, basically it's a trusted traveler card from from uh, the ho- Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. So and my friend Millard doesn't have one or didn't have one then, <laughs> uh, and so we would we would arrive at the airport at the same time and I'd go through the trusted traveler line yeah. and I'd be on the other side at the gate having a full breakfast and he's still forty five minutes away. True story. <laughs> True story. And, and then we we time it and we we set it out because we'd be like, this is why you need to get Nexus. To, and to I, the point to the point where I was actually taking pictures of my breakfast and sending them. To <laughs> That's fantastic. That's true. Uh, we we did a couple of Stanley Cup uh, final series, uh, John and I, as yeah. the uh, as the voices of of Sportsnet. Yeah, we were we were big in Canada back that's, in the day. Uh, Ryan, that's the night when Darren says, "How long do we should go?" I said, "Just go on until they tell you to stop." Because yeah. <laughs> I got in trouble because I stopped uh, doing a hit mm-hmm. without anybody telling us to because I thought we'd gone long enough. Sure. And John got mad at me yeah. after we got off the air. He's like, "Why'd you stop? Why'd you like, stop? We, we had more stuff." Thought we were done. He's like, "Don't ever stop until they tell you to stop." That's so right. The next Quality time, content. We went about twenty-five minutes for what was supposed to be a seven-minute <laughs> hit. That explains our thirty-five-minute opening yeah. segments these Mind days. Mind you, I did that <laughs> once on the network and got fired for that too. So it's okay. <laughs> uh, we got time for a little bit of Toronto-Tampa uh, yeah. situation. Toronto can win a series for the first time in nineteen years. Last yeah. time they 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 won a series. My wife and I were not my wife and I, but we were at the games together, having a great old time instead of being old. And well, actually, your wife and I people. were working together. Yes, yes, 
you're you're right. Uh, so that was the last time uh, against the Ottawa Senators. It's one one in in Game Five tonight in Toronto. Boy, I can't imagine the pressure on the Leafs to try and put this away tonight. It's funny um, when you look at the comparison between the pressure on the Maple Leafs up three one, which is quite heavy. Yes, because people are in panic mode if if Tampa wins and they go back for six, which was identical to last year. And the lack of pressure on the Golden Knights, who are up three right. one, it, it's it the just, same situation it, and totally different, right? But it speaks to the histrionics, the tradition of this group of players now, because I believe it's ten consecutive clinching games they haven't been able to win. Um, you know, so it's it there is a there's a ton of pressure, there's a ton of angst, and yet it will explode in this town if they're able to win tonight or even in this series at any point. Will you get in your car and drive up and down Young Street honking your horn? Uh, no, but I, I've decided that uh, I will go over and find a horse and ride it up the street. Because so, that's what the players were starting to do uh, the last time they won a big series. Uh, they uh, In the second round, I think in 1993, uh, is they would walk up Young Street and got on the backs of all the the Metro policemen who were riding horses and they were hooting and hollering like the rest of the fans. 1993, way back uh, when Canada last uh, won the Stanley Cup championship. uh, Well, Canada didn't win. Montreal did. Okay, well, a team from Canada won. A team from Canada. Yeah, we see, (laughs) you have to be exact on this show. This is what Fox Sports Radio Vegas demands. You're you're right about that. Uh, Who was the best horse rider on that 1993 team. Dave Anderchuk, Wendell Gilmore, or Wendell? Wendell. Okay. Wendell. Wendell. Yeah, Wendell Clark. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, a cowboy through and through. From Kelvington, Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's right. I, I By the way, New Jersey's up one nothing over the Rangers. I just said Kelvington like people listening to this would know where Kelvington was and then realized I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah, well... <laughs> You know, you, uh, you, every once in a while you got to talk about your roots. That's yeah. good. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, enjoy the tonight. So what did you say? New Jersey's up? One New Jersey's up one nothing. yep. And it's 1-1 Toronto and Tampa Bay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great night. And then, uh, then the big tilt uh, at T-Mobile. Does it end tonight? Yeah, it does. I hope Kevin Sheveldale's not listening, but it ends tonight. <laughs> yeah, me too. My, he got me through grade 12 math. I'd hate for him to come back and turn me in on that. <laughs> take away my diploma uh thanks uh shanny you're all my right. you're my bestest friend all right good luck george <laughs> so i knew it <laughs> john shannon former executive producer of hockey night canada we're going to take a break come back and tee up hour number two which will feature an appearance by bruce cassidy talking about tonight's uh, potential lineup changes and one-timers news notes from around the national hockey league which will include the very latest from the stanley cup playoffs on the outer town scoreboard and an update on what's going on between Edmonton and Los Angeles. That series has taken a weird twist. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Do you believe in the spirits getting together and setting the table for you for a good night? Do you believe in omens? Good, bad? No. I'm going this way with okay. the 
with the fe- uh, Foley Entertainment Group, okay, in, in Vegas. Uh, we got uh, the Black Knight uh, uh, Entertainment Group uh, evolved into the Foley Entertainment Group because of uh, Bournemouth, uh, because of the Vegas Nighthawks, because of the uh, Henderson Silver Knights. Well, the, the uh, Bournemouth soccer team in mm-hmm. the English Premier League, big win, right, Chappie? Huge win. Yeah, big win over Southampton, also referred to as Soton. Mm-hmm. Um, they are now seven points clear of relegation. And look, I'm Warm just going to yeah. yes, I'm just going to throw this little tidbit in there. Before Bill Foley took over, this team looked like they were going down. Like there was no doubt that Bournemouth was going down. And since Bill Foley's taken over, he invested a little bit in the club, some some signings in the January transfer window, and things looking up for the Cherries. Who so I'm, that starts today off well. The Cherries yes. win a big game, all but securing their spot uh, in in next year's field in the in the Premiership. Yeah, I'm still still also still looking day, for though. a job with Bournemouth. Yeah. By the way, also on the same day, uh, prior to Game Five tonight, uh, in the Indoor Football League, uh, Vegas Nighthawks quarterback Joe Mancuso named the IFL Offensive Player of the Week. That is huge. Uh, coming off a, a big performance uh, on on the weekend, a completed twenty of twenty seven passes for two thirty two. Huge uh, performance in the fifty to twenty six win over Duke City. So there's two big things in the Foley Entertainment Group that have happened before we even get around to playing Game Five. That's positive energy, my friend. It is positive energy. You're you're absolutely right. And let's go for the hat trick, right? So do you believe in omens? I, I mean, I, I believe in positivity. You don't believe in omens. I don't believe so in omens. you're not on board with this, but Chapman and I are riding this chariot all the way to the finish line. We are fully on board with the uh, Bournemouth Cherries, and we are loving the Vegas Nighthawks of the Indoor Football League as uh, they bounce back. Uh, Coach Mike Davis is an awesome dude, and uh, what a program he's got going over there. Uh, Mancuso's the player of the week in the IFL, and the Bournemouth Cherries with a big, huge clutch win over the South- Southampton. And if they can keep it going tonight, it just, just oozes positivity for the Vegas Golden Knights up against the Winnipeg Jets. Game five this evening at T-Mobile Arena. Crowd starting to gather outside. Just took a peek uh, at the plaza. Things uh, underway there. Uh, Get here early uh, prior to the 7 o'clock face-off because of the jam-up on uh, Frank Sinatra on Tropicana, and we're going to have some fun. We'll let you hear from Bruce Cassidy and an update on the out-of-town scoreboard of the Stanley Cup playoffs as we continue on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.